Hello, and welcome to the Health and Wellness Show on the SOT Radio Network. I am your host, Doug. With me today is Gabby. Hello. And we have a very special interview today. Uh, certainly any readers of SOT will be familiar with Jordan Peterson. Uh, it seems like pretty much every 10th article on SOT these days is about Jordan Peterson. Uh, today we have uh, Jordan Peterson's daughter, Michaela Peterson, with us. And she's going to be talking to us about uh, things that she has done with a diet to uh, uh, take care of uh, many issues that she's had. Uh, so welcome, Michaela. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. That's great. And uh, listeners can probably hear uh, Michaela's daughter, Scarlett, in the background, who will also be joining us today. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, maybe to start off, you can maybe just kind of give us uh, some of your story. Uh, it's a pretty amazing story. Uh, I know you've been troubled by a lot of issues, uh, health issues, since you were very young. So um, maybe you can just kind of fill us in on, on a bit of the history there. Okay. Um, yeah, it's been a rough go for a while. Um, I started exhibiting symptoms of like a rheumatoid arthritis when I was two from, uh, when I was walking around. So dad would put me on his shoulders and it was just little things. So he'd put me on his shoulders and when he put me back down, I'd cry and it'd sit down and looking back on it, it wasn't, you know, he just stopped putting me on his shoulders. That was the, Mm. that was how to solve that problem. But it turned out it was like a hip pain. So I was diagnosed with, arthritis when I was seven. Um, and at the same time we had moved cities from Boston to Toronto and I started getting, well, like tired, um, and cranky, I guess for a kid. And it turns out that I'd also inherited this, um, we seem to have some sort of familial, like horrible depression that's just been passed down. So that kind of hit around the same time as, uh, I was diagnosed with arthritis. So, uh, the arthritis was bad enough that, um, well, I was put on immune suppressants and by the age of what, 17, I ended up with a hip and ankle replacement. So yeah, my 17th year was not a good year. Um, it, and let's see what else, what other health problems have I experienced? Um, <laughs> when I was 14, I started getting tired. So I started sleeping more and more and I was just exhausted all the time. And at first I thought it was, you know, teenagers sleep in, but it didn't go away. It just got worse. And by the time I was like 19 or 20, I was just sleeping whenever I could. So mm. it ended up being like 17 ish hours a day. It was a lot of sleep. Wow. So I was, I was missing out. And even when I was awake, I was exhausted. Then when I was 19, 20, Ish, I started getting like rashes and skin problems, and it they like I just get got worse, right? When I when I moved um when I moved I moved to Montreal um to go to university, mm. and that year I ended up gaining. So I was quite I was quite thin after having a hip and ankle replacement because of the surgeries. Mm -hmm. I moved to Montreal, and I ended up gaining. Let's see, I went from like 118, which was pretty skinny for me, mm -hmm. um, to 148 in like a year and a half. Wow. Yeah, wow. when I was, I guess that was 20 to 21. Wow. And I was like, well, okay, I'll go to the gym more. So I started going to the gym, and but it wasn't working. I was exhausted. Um, my mood was just the worst that... My mood just got worse and worse and worse. So I'd, I'd, um, I'd been taking antidepressants since... Since I was 12, and my dad's got some flack online for being like, oh, how dare you medicate a child? But uh -huh. I was so unhappy, yeah. and antidepressants helped me so much. Hmm. Uh, so, I, I, but by the time I was, you know, 21, or they weren't doing enough, I tried <laughs> switching different types, and it, it wasn't working. So... By the time I was, what, 22, I was in rough shape. I was very unhappy. The um, the arthritis was relatively well-managed. Well, hmm. no, not exactly, but relatively well-managed with the um, the immune suppressants but, and hmm. Tylenol-3. And, but I was in rough shape when I was 22. Yeah. So, so, so that's when I started looking into um, – so – when I was 22, I ended up 
Well, I had a rough breakup, but it was probably rough because my mood was so terrible and I was in such rough shape. Mm. So I ended up moving back to Toronto and then my skin issues started getting worse. And I was like, okay, I, I have arthritis. I'm miserably depressed. I'm exhausted all the time. And now I actually have to deal with like my skin being a problem. Like mm. I can't, I can't, that's too many things. So I started, oh, I also started at that point. I was on a like plethora of medication. I started taking Adderall, which um, for for chronic fatigue, mm. which which was great for chronic fatigue, but just horrible for like living. But yeah. <laughs> um, I started doing research, and I researched for like eight months, and I finally found because I I had no I had no idea where to start. I finally found um, this rash you can get from gluten. Mm-hmm. and online and I was like oh my god that's my rash like I've been going to dermatologists and they've been saying pretty much like stop you know stop doing this to yourself kind of thing or stop being itchy I don't know anyway like telling so you to just by will to get rid of it oh the amount of times I've been told by doctors that it's in my head even though I've had like joint replacements it's shocking and I've talked to people who are like chronically ill and they all get it it's all yeah. oh well it sounds like this is caused by your anxiety it's like <sighs> But anyway, I I found this rash, this picture of this rash, and so I cut out gluten immediately, and it was associated with um, a celiac disease. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh well, people with celiac disease can get really sick and can have autoimmune disorders other than celiac disease. So maybe, um, maybe that's my problem. Like maybe the arthritis was a celiac disease problem. So I cut out gluten, and it helped a little bit, but not enough make a difference but by that time I had started to lose weight a little bit um it it turns out the reason I had gained weight so much is because I had moved to university and survived off of pierogies and and noodles (laughs) I think uh they call it the freshman 15 oh yeah it was not 15 for me but uh but yeah that's what happened so uh anyways I cut out gluten and that helped marginally and then my mom, who had always been bringing me to naturopaths and they hadn't worked, like nothing, no alternative medicine had done anything. Mm. Um, we went to a naturopath again, mostly to make her happy. And they said, do, do an elimination diet. And they gave me this sheet of paper with the foods I could eat. And I looked at it and I thought, this doesn't make any sense. Like I can't mm. eat oranges, but I can eat lemons. I just, I didn't, mm. just didn't understand some things. So I decided, okay, well, I'll, I'll really give it a go because if gluten is a problem, like maybe something else is a problem. Hmm. So I cut out some foods and then nothing seemed to change. So I made myself banana and almond, like gluten-free muffins, and I ate a, a whole bunch of those. And the next day, my arthritis was so bad that I couldn't, I couldn't walk. It was a couple of days later. Uh, it hit my knees, and I was like, this doesn't happen. Like, hmm. Wow. So then I really cut down. So I was eating like carrots, some green vegetables, like, you know, spinach, kale, Swiss chard, um, chicken and beef. And I did that for a month and my skin got better. So like all, all my skin problems went away and my arthritis cleared up. Wow. And I was like, oh, this is crazy because, um, Oh, the other thing I forgot to mention, when I realized that gluten might have been an issue, Mm -hmm. uh, in order to test to see if my arthritis would go away, I stopped taking my medication. Mm -hmm. Um, Otherwise, I I didn't think I would know if the arthritis had gone away. Anyway, so my my arthritis went away, and it went away fast. Like a month after having it for like 20 years isn't, isn't long. That's amazing. So then I you know, continued. I tried to reintroduce some things and I was still taking antidepressants at this point, but I tried to reintroduce some things. I tried to reintroduce cheese and it just went just horribly. Yeah. I tried uh, tried to reintroduce, (laughs) this was before I really knew a lot about diet. So I I tried reintroducing sour patch candy. So I was like, (laughs) I was like, there's no gluten, there's no soy. Like how bad can it be? Obviously that didn't go well. (laughs) Um, almonds didn't go well. Anyway, by December, after just like tinkering around, I mean, I was strict other than the sour patch candy. (laughs) Um, my, oh, my depression went away. So I started taking less and less antidepressants and I had tried doing this before, um, Mm -hmm. 
from, from side effects and it had never gone well. But this was, this was November, um, 2014 mm. and, and I cut them down slowly and I just felt better and better. And normally people who are depressed tend, well, some people anyway, tend to get more depressed around Christmas when light goes away. Mm -hmm. So November isn't generally a good time to taper down. Anyway, I felt I'd never experienced like that kind of, well, not being depressed before. So I told dad and I was like, this is because dad, dad has the same depression I have. And I said, this isn't a fluke. Like this has never gone away. What's going on. You have to, you have to try this diet. And he was, you know, typical skeptical. Yeah. Also who, who, I mean, I, I never thought the diet would do anything for the depression. I just thought I was stuck with that. I, I thought maybe arthritis, but not, not depression. Anyway. Um, and then in December I was still wary. I was like, maybe, well, it wouldn't have just gone away, but maybe it, it just went away for some reason. I reintroduced soy because that's, that was one of my favorite foods. Mm. <laughs> um, and I went into one of the worst depressive periods, like the next day that I had been in ever. And it didn't, it wasn't just a, uh, like psychological response. Like, um, I, I had, so I made my own miso soup, um, and I had bought like gluten free everything. So it was just mm. reintroducing soy. It was an excellent soup, but it like really upset my digestion about half mm. an hour after. And then about four hours later, my whole body got itchy. Yeah. And then the next morning, the depression came back and it just came back like the worst that I've had it. I mean, compounded by the fact I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't taking antidepressants. So that didn't help, but it, it was worse than that. And it lasted for like three and a half weeks. Oh. And yeah. And, um, and then it went away and I was like, okay, that was weird. Um, so I, I kept for the next year, I kept trying to reintroduce foods and I didn't, I didn't really know what I was doing for, for a long time. So I, I tried, uh, reintroducing like whey protein powder, which is mm -hmm. that, that went terribly. And I had the same, you know, deep depression and then kind of three weeks later it goes away. And, and it, and it came with other uh, other problems like my arthritis would flare. I would get itchy. Um, my gums would bleed. Like it's mm. a whole bunch of, like it was, a. it seems like some sort of reaction. So meanwhile, dad is on this diet and I didn't know when I had put him on it that it makes like the, when the depressive episodes come back that they become worse. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, so he had just a miserable time in, um, that year, but he lost weight. Like he, like, cr like crazy. He was what? Two, two fifteen or two eighteen when he started that Christmas. And he, well, he went down to one eighty in the first year. Wow. Yeah. And he was, it didn't help his, he, he wasn't doing it as carefully as I was. So mm. for the first, you know, three or four months, he was still drinking Diet Coke, but he was yeah. doing like 99%, right? <laughs> um, and so normally if you do, you know, he wasn't eating, he wasn't eating gluten. He wasn't eating soy. He wasn't eating any sugar. He, he just cut out like everything, but he was eating enough of something wrong that it wasn't helping his mood. Right. Um, so he was losing weight. Oh, physical symptoms were going away. So he had... Um, he had a bit of psoriasis, like minor psoriasis. That seemed that cleared up. Um, he had uh, gum problems, um, which he actually mentioned to me the other day that those are gone. So he had like receding gums and they bleed and he used a water pick all the time just to keep everything healthy. They were like sore. That stopped. Oh, he had a uh, GERDs. So oh, gastric, yeah. gastric, yeah, and um, that went away. So he used to cough a lot, and that went away. So his physical symptoms went away, but it didn't help his mental health until. So what happened? It, it took a long time, and it was a, it was rough because rough for the first year. But then I guess a year and a half later. So that brings us to he didn't really start feeling better until this year when I kind of well I told him how you know you mess up a little bit and you're you're screwed for a month. Yeah. And so, so now, he, now he's off of antidepressants as well. 
So, and he had been on them for, you know, at a solid 15 years and a high dose. He's off of them and he doesn't nap anymore. Like he used to, he has to have a two hour nap after work. Mm. And I used to as well after school. Um, the napping is gone. Um, it, it is difficult to keep the mood, you know, the mood as high as we would like to keep it. But compared to being depressed all the time, it's just changed our lives. And we never, well, we never thought that it could be food. You know, you're always kind of insulted when someone says, well, oh, you're depressed. Well, eat better and exercise. Yeah. Like, oh, this is something I'm doing wrong. Like, thanks. Um, so I always had that kind of association with people who were like, well, why don't you look at your diet? But it turns out that the diet factor or whatever is going on is so complicated that it wasn't just, uh, you know, cut down on calories or, you know, stop eating potato chips. It was, right. it was, you know, you know, it was radical change. of it diet. Was, Yeah. And we don't like, we don't eat out anymore. Um, well, it's, it's changed a lot. A lot has changed, but for the better, I mean, I'm in, I can think like I, I did a, a couple of TVO, so TV Ontario, that's in, um, that's in Canada, or just a local TV network. I did a couple of, um, episodes of, on that with dad when I was one before the diet and one when I was just getting started. And the difference be, between me when I wasn't on the diet and when I was just getting started is drastic. And then the difference between when I was just getting started and now is drastic. Like I look, I just look way healthier than I did when I was 20 wow. and I'm older. Yeah. But yeah. it's been a, a whirlwind. Um, yeah. I've seen not- those, those TVO uh, clips and the, the difference is huge. Like it's, it's, it's like looking at two different people basically. Yeah. It's scary. <laughs> it's, it's scary. Yeah. And when did you, when you were introduced something, for example, the miso soup, the soy soup, and it mm-hmm. will like trigger depression, like for three weeks, did you introduce it? It was just one single soup or you will try more? Okay. Well, well now, um, now I just try really tiny bits of things because now I know. <laughs> but um, then like that day, which also explains why it was probably the worst depression I had experienced. I had, man, I had soy in every form. I had miso soup with tofu mm. and I had a bowl of edamame beans. Mm. So I, because I hadn't eaten soy in like, three months and I used to go out for Japanese food all the time. So I was like, Oh, I'll just eat all the soy. Yeah. Uh, because just in case something bad happens, it'll be like a good way to go out. But I don't do that. (laughs) I don't do that anymore. Yeah. It's funny because the, the, the conventional advice, um, on this kind of stuff is like when you're reintroducing a food, you want to get a fairly good quantity of it because, you know, to make sure that you can recognize that you've actually had some kind of reaction, but I think in, in somebody like, especially in, in your situation where the, the symptoms are so extreme, that's really bad advice. It kind of yeah, seems like you want to do just a little bit to kind of test things and see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't know that at the beginning, obviously. Yeah. But I, I found that out after like, you know, a year and a half of pain and suffering, but, mm. um, it's been, I don't know. It's been very well, shocking. We tried to look at food when I was little. Like my mom, I had a particularly bad arthritic flare when I was in grade two and my like big toe swelled up and my mom was like, what is going on? And we were staying with some of my dad's friends and they said, well, did you introduce anything into our diet? And I'd been eating like cratefuls of uh, uh, clementines. Mm. Um, so it turns out, anyway, we went to the doctor. Mom, mom cut those out of my diet right away. Uh, and then my toe got better. And then by the time we got to the doctor, they were like, oh, well, well, first of all, it can't be food. And second of all, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with the toe anymore. But um, so I knew kind of like I, I used I avoided oranges. I didn't drink orange juice because it used to give me a flare. <laughs> um, so I did avoid oranges. But for some reason, I didn't look into other foods. I'm not I don't know why exactly. It's complicated yeah. when you're sick and it well, seems totally. unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just the thing. It's like you, the the conventional perspective on these things is that food has absolutely nothing to do with these kinds of things that you that that you experience. 
And it's, I think it is a, a big, like, it's a leap for people to kind of make that connection, especially when, like, doctors are telling you all the time, no, it's not food, it's not food. Oh, yeah. My relationship with doctors since I found out it was food has not been good. Like, I'm, mm. I'm, I mean, I lost that. Like, my hip replacements, just for anybody listening, they're not so bad. Like, <laughs> they really improved my life. But ankle replacements, that gives me trouble, like, every day. It's not, they're not set up very well. So, yeah, I don't have a – I mean, I guess the change in diet was so weird and random that I, it's understandable that the medical community – I guess that the medical community doesn't look at food. Kind of. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Uh, I've tried to mention it to my rheumatologist and said, you know, I think, I don't know, sugar is bothering me or something like that. And he just can't it's, – it's like he's been studying – arthritis for so long that he can't hear that. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Which, and it's sad because like a lot of people with autoimmune disorders and things, they've got a whole plethora of other symptoms. It's not Mm -hmm. just joint pain. It's, you know, fatigue, weight gain, skin problems, like something's going on. Yeah. And instead they're just put on immune suppressants, which are not fun to be on. No. And your rheumatologist yeah. will not even recognize your improvement. You're not. Oh, you know. yeah. oh yeah. But oh. Uh, he thinks I've just gone into remission. And um. and the thing is, like, I I mean, I have flare ups. If I introduce something wrong, I have flare ups. But I don't go back. I can't make an appointment with him fast enough to go back and and I'm not willing to. Like we did discuss last time. He was like, oh, I'd like to see one of those reactions but it's like a month and it's and it doesn't just come with arthritis it comes with the mood if the mood didn't wasn't a problem then i might be able to you know test myself out for him but the mood is just is too much yeah i can imagine you don't want to put yourself through that torture just to prove your point yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah no although well i don't know we'll see how future michaela feels because it, it does <laughs> it is sad when i go and see well there's so many other people that need help yeah, and, and so there's so little risk of just trying to tr- like look at diet. Yeah. Yeah. So you haven't found any conventional like mainstream doctor that will be open-minded to you, to the approach that you took. Um, I found like there are online people, um, generally who have been themselves doctors that that do look at food. They look at like the paleo diet or the keto diet. Mm-hmm. Um. So there are doctors online for that, but I haven't been able to go to one. And most functional doctors who look at diet, at least in Toronto, are booked solid and they're not taking mm. any new patients, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. Well, it's it's really one of the the things I actually think that like, because you've been telling your story on your blog, um, which for our listeners is uh, uh, just MichaelaPeterson.com. Uh, and uh, one of the things that I found really, really valuable about your blog is that you kind of really are kind of documenting step by step what the process is, how you kind of eliminate the foods. You even give uh, uh, kind of a, a list of the foods that are kind of the safe foods. And you, you, you document like how you're going through it and how you're reintroducing and what's causing you problems and, and what isn't. And you're talking about what your dad's going through. You're talking about what your husband is going through. So it, I, I think that you're actually doing a really good service to, uh, to people out there because, um, you know, when, when you talk about an elimination diet, it's like people get a list and then it's kind of like you're on your own. And I think that uh, it, it's, it's very valuable to be able to see the ups and downs, what's involved, how much work it actually is. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to invest more time in it. I, I started working for dad because he's been overwhelmed and man, that's a lot of work. So <laughs> I, oh, I and then imagine. I, yeah, and then I, I slipped and fractured my wrist. So typing has been oh. a pain. Um, but I am, yeah, I'm trying to update that as much as possible. But also I think a lot of the people, well, I guess it's different because dad um, can bring a lot of new people to the site that have problems. But uh, hmm. initially, initially, most of the people who went to the site already had figured out diet was hmm. causing some problems for them. So they were having an easier time. Like, I don't even know if I would have Googled, you know, diet and depression or diet and arthritis before, before I had gone through like the steps that I went through. I don't hmm. think that was on my radar at all. Okay. So I think you were going to ask a question, Gabby. So why don't you go ahead? Yeah, like, 
Were there any surprises in terms of healthy foods that in the end were not, you know, you know were not able to tolerate? You will not even suspect even remotely? Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. Um, well, when I first started, I also didn't know what qualified as a healthy food, really. Like, I thought I was always eating cheese as a kid mm. because it was full of protein. And I used to get, well, like, angry when I didn't eat. So I'd mm. be like, oh, have a piece of cheese or have a glass of milk or something. So I thought that that qualified as healthy food. So <laughs> um, I guess, so I really didn't know where to start. What surprised me? Yeah, um, I don't know if you guys have heard of them, but there are these things called food sensitivity tests, mm -hmm. which uh, I, had, I had done as a kid and pretty much everything had shown up as a sensitivity. So we just threw it away. <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> um, uh, so there, there were some, it turns out that those tests at least for our depression, have really, well, have really been useful. Mm. Um, so some, there were some random foods on that that I'll have really terrible reactions to that don't make any sense. Uh, kelp noodles, huh. which I literally bought at a like health food organic store, and I had a terrible reaction to those, and they don't taste good, so it wasn't <laughs> worth it. Uh, um, yeah. What else? A lot of fruit, because um, I thought it. It turns out, at least for me, that sugar isn't good in really any form. So uh, carbier vegetables or, or fruit. So uh, there were a lot of fruit that I thought were healthy that I can't tolerate. Um, what was the weirdest one? Well, lots of people, I don't know if they still do it, but they, uh, they say that soy is a, yeah. is a healthy form of protein. And man, that was the worst. Yeah. So... So, yeah, I mean, everything's been a surprise. Even the fact that food has anything to do with it was a surprise. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, years and years of programming by the, the food pyramid and government rec recommendations have kind of really twisted what people perceive to be a healthy food. You know, it's like they, they say, make sure you get your five servings of uh, fruits and vegetables and uh, drink your milk and eat your cheese and all that kind of stuff. And it's really like... It's it's such it's the complete opposite really of what people should be doing. Yeah, it's it's terrible. It's yeah. really awful that that people are being told that. I got a lot of uh, flack from people during the pregnancy for not drinking milk. Like oh. I had one I had one person tell me I wouldn't produce breast milk if I didn't drink milk. Oh my God. I was like that that makes no sense. But <laughs> yeah, no. people aren't aren't happy when you take away their foods and I can remember well people telling me to look at diet and I that made me mad but it was also in a condescending way kind of like you're doing something wrong yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's funny because like on on your blog I, I read um in one of your posts you said you were talking about that like that you if you're doing this diet you might actually get some hostility from people and you said people are very attached to their foods even if someone else is changing their diet which yeah. I know I've experienced as well, which is, it, it's really, it, it's so bizarre. Yeah, yeah, it's really strange. It's like, a, oh, I'm not eating this anymore, and then they get mad at you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of like, I find that this is really, you know, this diet is really helping me, and they're kind of like, well, you know, it's not the diet. It's it's obviously something else. And it's like, Yeah, I mean, fortunately or unfortunately, I was considered sick enough that when I say something like, oh, my arthritis is gone, people are pretty much like, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so, th but, but like my husband who he suffered from, well, he, he would have been considered like a healthy person, but he had some serious mood problems and mm. uh, a little bit of weight, but not really like pretty healthy. Um, he got a lot of flack for cutting things mm. out because it was like, Oh, well you're just doing what, what Michaela's doing. But, mm. but then like it affects him too. And he was a, he was an all around healthy person. So yeah. Yeah. And, and dad's symptoms, like when he ends up introducing a food that goes badly are so, they're so bad that no no one's been giving him flack too, especially because he didn't want to cut out any foods and he used to eat out all the time. So it wasn't like he also doesn't and he doesn't like talking about it. He's talking about it more now, though. Mm. He mentioned I think he mentioned something on Joe Rogan, which yeah. was nice. Uh, so he is talking about it. It helps that it it has improved his mood now. Like for the first year and a half, his physical symptoms went away, but his mood didn't. And so that wasn't very encouraging. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it, it is it is kind of funny the the reaction that people get. It's almost like you're threatening their diet. You know what I mean? It's like you, even though you're only doing it for yourself and you're not telling them to do it, it's kind of like they feel like that that well, you're suggesting that I'm doing something wrong. And it's like, well, no, I'm just helping myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At the beginning, I mean, now I am kind of vocal about <laughs> people doing some people who should like I've done quite a bit of looking into like, gluten mm-hmm. and then and grains on for people's health and that seems like the more I, I read about that and there are papers out and like actual evidence mm-hmm. that stuff like that isn't good for people so I I've started to become more annoying about telling people about diet at the beginning I was like you do you but this is working for me yeah but now now I think I've become slightly more annoying but I also feel bad if I don't say anything too. And then yeah. I'm like, well, what if I don't say anything and something bad happens? Yeah. Uh, and and have have has anybody been responsive to it? Like, have have any of your friends or like acquaintances kind of uh, oh, taken yeah. it up? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like uh, my aunt and uncle just started doing mostly uh, meat and vegetables. Um, well, my parents obviously. Uh, one of my good friends, yeah, she's basically on the same diet. My 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 husband. Um, and then my best friends cut out dairy and she tried cutting out gluten. Mm. Um, so people have been, I mean, I guess seeing the change in me has been really useful because I was just like, I was barely holding on there for a while. Yeah. Uh, and now I, I'm awake and everything. I mean, probably me being awake has been the biggest change for people. Mm. Yeah. So, so yeah, I have, people are open, especially if they see what a positive difference it's made for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like being the example, basically. It's like if they don't want to listen to what you have to say, it's like just by being the example, a lot of times it's, uh, it's enough to convince people. Yeah. 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 The difficult part is when friends, you know, and family and friends are against it. Like, no, we don't do that. It's too restrictive. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, there are definitely, there's a definite portion of people who have not made things easy about that shockingly, but Mostly, mostly it's been people who actually knew me. It's been positive. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One other thing you talked about on your blog, actually, that I, I thought was important because it's something that kind of we've uh, noticed, you know, all the, all the different people kind of on our, on our forum who have been experimenting with this diet and stuff like that is uh, food withdrawal. Um, because it seems to be like something that a lot of people don't really recognize. And it's, it almost doesn't make sense. Like, you know, why is cutting out cheese suddenly making me like almost have these drug withdrawal symptoms? Mm -hmm. Did you find that you had that? Um, so I think if I hadn't been on so much medication when I had started, Mm -hmm. I would have noticed that more. Like I, um, I was still taking Adderall, Tylenol free, um, and what birth control and Hmm. there were some other ones, something to sleep and antidepressants when I started on the diet. So the, Oh, and the Adderall actually is just kills your appetite. Hmm. So a lot of the things people experience when they cut out of food is severe cravings. So Mm -hmm. I didn't actually experience that because I had no appetite. So that was, you know, Uh. that was, that was good, I guess. But when I stopped, when my fatigue went away and I stopped taking Adderall, and I started getting the cravings, like, yeah, some of those symptoms are intense. Like, um, when I, at the very, you know, much later, I cut out fruit. And I actually, you know, I had cut out gluten, and I, I didn't reintroduce it back in. Uh, after I cut out dairy for good, I didn't reintroduce it back in. But when I cut out fruit, the sugar cravings were so bad that, like, about two weeks in, I was like, you know what? It's probably not. This probably isn't the problem. And I had a whole bunch, and it was the problem. But... Uh. <laughs> but that was the first time I'd actually caved. So those cravings were crazy. I was just thinking about sugar all the time. And that was just fruit sugar. Um, and then I, I guess the other one, yeah, dairy. Dairy is a, that was a big craving. Um, and that's popped up after I reintroduced, after I tried whey protein powder. Mm. Uh, I had, I had dairy cravings for like about a month after that. And those are intense. It is, it is surprising because some foods you can cut out for a while and you don't crave them. Mm-hmm. and some foods yeah dairy and sugar yeah you really do yeah 
And I guess you can tell by the foods that I tried to reintroduce first when I first went on the diet. It was I tried cheese, I tried sour patch candy, and I tried (laughs) soy. So those were the ones that I was thinking about the most. Right. I didn't recognize that as as cravings exactly. Well, I recognized the soy as cravings, but Mm. I didn't realize that that was maybe not a good sign. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the sugar thing is interesting, too. I mean, the, the dairy thing is is interesting because there are kind of like the same with gluten. They have these kind of opiate kind of properties and people kind of don't realize that they're sort of medicating themselves with these foods a lot. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, the sugar one is really interesting, too, because I, I think that that and you've talked about this on your blog as well, that it, it, it's the kind of the connection to the whole candida thing. Yeah, well, I have a I don't know. I've got a whole bunch of theories about what's going on because I'm sure there's some underlying cause especially for people who are really affected by food Mm. um so so yeah one of the theories i had was well maybe this is a a candida problem um Mm. but which and and it does it it's it makes sense a a lot of the ways like you take antibiotics you wipe out your microbiome and then you get a yeast overgrowth Mm -hmm. that is that is what happens um and yeast feeds off of sugar and then Mm -hmm. it can get you to crave sugar so and that can give you a whole bunch of autoimmune symptoms. It's just mainstream medicine. It's hard to test for these things, which is really yeah. frustrating. And, and the problem, and then part of the problem is like, let's say you do have a candida problem there. It is like rather difficult to solve. You can, you can like stop feeding it everything, but it's pretty good at just like lying dormant for a really long time. So, and then there's no way to actually test if that theory is right. Yeah. So it's hard. I mean, that is a good theory for the sugar, but then there you can have problems with your microbiome too that are getting you to crave sugar. Like I don't know. Absolutely. Who knows? Yeah. But I, I know what not to eat to avoid whatever the problem is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are many common themes of food intolerances within the family. Uh yeah. Well, my brother seems to have like I, I still think he shouldn't be eating gluten. Like period, but he's dodged this for the most part for for whatever reason. Hmm. Um, so thank God. Yeah. Um, uh, Dad seems to have the worst well, mood wise and now physical symptoms if he gets hit again. Um, and he and then mom is the one with the celiac problem, but. So she she was always well she was actually the one who was into food for the longest and we were always like oh mom huh. <laughs> yeah. doing do, doing your health health kick <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one in my family who's like that actually oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well it's, it's good to well have somebody thinking about it it's just hard like we didn't it's hard to imagine how much of an impact food can have. Yeah. It's hard to fathom that. And and if I had had periods of time in my life where I wasn't sick, then maybe I could have been like, oh, well, I want to feel like that again. But because I, I got sick at such a young age, I just thought that's what living was like. Mm-hmm. So I didn't I didn't have any baseline of like, what does feeling better mean? So then when I actually like got rid of some things and felt better, I was like, oh, I can feel like this all the time like that's the difference and so that made it easier to you know want to change right so i i usually tell people especially the people who are like what you're doing is bad for your health and you're gonna have vitamin deficiencies and all these things well i can get into that later but I, i usually tell them like you know try it for a month that's all you need to do. You're not going to become vitamin deficient in a month or and like none of your concerns matter for the, the month of changing your diet right. and then decide what you think. Like that, that's the only way to change your mind, right? Is, is to see if it has an effect on you. Yeah. 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 And you've actually, <clears throat> you've actually gone so far as to be only on meat right now. Is that right? Yep. So, yeah. Um, what happened? So I, I got pregnant last December and before that I was in like the best shape I'd ever been in and 10 out of 10 on mood, like 
I was having a great time. I got pregnant and I started having not a great time, which Mm. happens during pregnancy, but it's like my depression came back, which also can happen during pregnancy. But I was like, this is something's wrong. Like I know that this isn't right. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, I had a hard time getting the depression under control. So I cut out fruit that helped a lot. Um, but, but I ended up stopping. I wasn't able to tolerate what I had figured out I could tolerate. Like I used to be able to drink, I used to be able to eat, you know, apples, uh, pears, sweet potatoes, like carbier things. And they wouldn't give me arthritis. Like everything was fine. And then I lost that tolerance over the pregnancy. Hmm. And it turns out, this is my latest theory that I also have no evidence for yet, <laughs> but um, it, it turns out you get microbiome changes during the pregnancy. So that's well documented uh-huh. that your microbiome becomes less diverse. Hmm. So it's, it's possible I already have an underlying issue there. And then lack of diversity, I stop being able to tolerate some carby foods because your microbiome helps you digest the carb, the carby foods. Right. Well, you know carby like a sweet potato not that carby but kind of carby um so i you know had a baby and my mood didn't seem to get better i thought i was hoping it was hormones or something my mood didn't seem to get better Hmm. and i started getting like twinges kind of arthritis again Hmm. i was like i was like what's happening like i haven't introduced anything what's going on so I Googled, I don't remember, out of frustration one day, I was like allergic to everything. Like, what, like, is that a possible thing? And I found this, I found this lady with Lyme disease who was, had been on an all meat diet for 19 years. And that was the only way to control her Lyme. And I was like, okay. So my concern about going on an all meat diet was, am I going to die of a vitamin deficiency? Right. <laughs> um, but finding that woman and being like, well, if you can survive for 19 years, She's she's probably fine. So um, then I found Sean Baker on Joe Rogan, who was also doing what's called the carnivore diet. And I guess his theory is people should be just eating meat, which I don't think I agree with. I think maybe some people with really messed up microbiomes who are sick can't seem to tolerate things other than meat. But not that everyone should be doing that. But anyway, so I decided to give it a try and my arthritis went away. So, and my mood improved. So I feel, I feel better again, but it looks like, I don't know, like I'm not entirely sure what to do about this. I've tried probiotics, but I don't tolerate them. Like it's possible. What I'm hoping is I'll stick to this for a while and whatever my problem is will heal. Mm-hmm. which maybe it'll take five years, but maybe that'll heal. And then I can start to put the probiotics and reintroducing mm-hmm. some other foods. But I mean, for now, this is what I'm doing. That being said, dad isn't doing this. He doesn't seem to need to do this. And my husband right. isn't. Uh, my husband's been able to introduce, actually, he's not quite as sensitive as dad and I, mm-hmm. thank God. But um, so I don't think, you know, I don't know. I guess it depends on how how damaged you are. I also think sometimes the carnivore diet works for people because they uh, don't know which vegetables are actually the safer vegetables to eat. Right. So yeah. they end up cutting out everything and feel better. Yeah. 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 And all the environmental triggers for, you know, delayed immune responses they usually come from the vegetable kingdom. So it will make sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're all like they're. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, it's it's funny because, I mean, the, the the all meat diet or carnivore diet, however you want to say it, is rather, like, it's controversial, right? Because, again, people are kind of uh, brainwashed with this food pyramid type idea that you need to have dairy products, you need to have grains, like, all these kinds of things, and that you will suffer from kind of, like, deficiencies in some way if you don't. But, I mean, there's so much historical, um, you know, precedence for it, like the Inuit in Canada and, like... There's uh, in the Arctic of Russia, there were people, the Maasai, like there's all these mm. these groups that were eating nothing but meat and they're fine, you know, and they, they weren't drinking milk, but they were still able to produce breast, breast milk. You know, it's a miracle. But uh, it, it just it just seems like, you know, people are, are very afraid of this kind of thing. But but if you really look at it and kind of and, you know, have a kind of a rational perspective on it, it seems like it isn't really that controversial like people people have been doing this for millennia so 
Yeah, it's also not particularly dangerous. Like, um, no. I mean, the standard American diet right now is pretty freaking yeah. dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> but but doing something like cutting out groups of food for a period of time, like first of all, if you have a vitamin deficiency, you're gonna know. Like, mm. <laughs> those things are those are serious. So yeah. it, it's not a you're gonna cut out a food and then you're gonna die. Yeah. Right. Which is, which is a, a lot of what I've heard. Like, aren't you worried you're going to die? I'm like, I think yeah. I'll, I think I'll, I think I'll, f- I'll feel like I'm going to die for quite a while before that happens. But, exactly. So pe- people are scared, but I mean, I find it much scarier, you know, people eating foods that they don't know are really harming them. And you can see, you can just see when you go outside, like who, who's affected by this or people who are trying to lose weight. That makes me sad. People who yeah. are trying to lose weight and they're just working out all the time and trying as hard as they can and they're exhausted and it's not working and it's like you're not doing anything wrong you're you're having some reactions to some things you really can't can't yeah. be eating yeah and then they're getting blamed for being overweight yeah it's like well everyone's telling me to eat <laughs> milk and grain yeah what yeah do they expect exactly. yeah and i mean they, and the concentration is all on calories and stuff like that and it's like it's not the calories like you know People going down to like a thousand calories a day oh, to try yeah. and lose weight. It's just crazy. I know. It's horrible. Yeah. Like, like star- starve yourself and you'll lose weight. And it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's terrible. And it's really awful that you can't just go to a doctor and they say, you know what? We'll tinker around with your diet for a while. And if that doesn't help, we'll look at medications as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and the the one thing that uh, Gabby and I have both writ- written about actually extensively is the whole uh, fats thing, the whole fact that, uh, you know, fat is considered the enemy. And, I mean, it's starting to get, you know, people are starting to, to realize now, and you're starting to see stuff in the mainstream press about fat not being bad. But uh, people have been so thoroughly brainwashed with that one, the idea that if you have any fat at all, especially, God forbid, animal fats, then yeah. uh, you're just going to clog your arteries and your cholesterol is going to shoot up and you're just going to die. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I've, I've been told that a lot since the whole meat diet. Yeah, I'm sure. Or, or meat being carcinogenic. I've been got that oh as well. Oh, my God. That one's ridiculous. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know what to say about that. Um, yeah, I, I really don't know what to say about that. I, It's awful. Yeah. And and there's a whole background of of why um, um especially North Americans think that vegetable oil is good and it's yeah. all just the vegetable oil companies telling them that. Yeah. Which is is just criminal. Yeah. I totally agree. And it's the same thing with the dairy industry, like the vegetable oil industry, like all these kind of like um industries that have ties to government so then the government recommends it and it's just it it really is criminal. I agree. Yeah, and then, then that brings up another problem. Like, part of the reason I didn't take, you know, looking into food seriously was because I talked to people and they'd say, "Oh my God, there's this sugar, dairy, you know, wheat conspiracy," and yeah. and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, you're a crazy person." Yeah, exactly. And, and now I'm one of those crazy people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's true. You know, you tell people, oh, no, the FDA is a totally corrupt institution. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, where's your tinfoil yeah. hat? Yeah, one of those. <laughs> yeah, it's it's sad. But, uh, I mean, hopefully it's I – th- I think it is spreading. I hope it's spreading. But I also th- – I Google this all the time, so I, I'm also kind of assuming that my search results just – they just show up for me. So I'm not <laughs> sure if it's spreading or <laughs> – Yeah, I, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but I think it might be. At least the gluten-free thing definitely is because there's mm-hmm. gluten-free everything. Yeah. So I th- I think it's going to be a while, but it's definitely better than it was 15 years ago. Absolutely. Yeah. No, somebody who had a, a, a gluten sensitivity, which was relatively, you know, unheard of back in the day. I mean, the, they didn't really have any options. Like it really, it really was kind of uh, much more restrictive than now but unfortunately also like an industry has grown up around that and it's become a new kind of thing where uh if something's labeled as gluten-free but then you look at the the ingredients on it it's like well these are all crap ingredients anyway it's like you're not really doing yourself any favors by avoiding the gluten in this situation you know if it's got soy or you know a a bunch of other you know harmful grains in it or something like that it's like it's really no better no it's better like 
It's well, I would say if the least you're going to do, you could do that. At least mm-hmm. you're getting rid of the gluten, but it mm-hmm. would be better if you just cut out things, foods that are like that. Like yeah. there are a lot of, you know, replace pizza with this kind of like pizza thing. And it's just, just, just don't eat pizza. Yeah. 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 Which, but it's hard, I guess, to cut out those people's favorite foods. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think there has been a lot of awareness into the cholesterol myth, gluten-free, you know. Mm-hmm. So, somehow people come to accept that, but I think we're sorely lacking in food sensitivities, mm-hmm. like delayed yeah. immune responses, like some people, yeah. like, they don't do well in the paleo diet, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, lots of people can't tolerate. I mean, almonds, that's one of my... That's a really bad reaction for me. Mm. And, and that's considered a health food. Yeah, and... I get, I do get flack for suggesting food sensitivity testing because they're like, oh, there's no evidence for that, but there is evidence for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and man, like in one of my second year textbooks, like immunology textbooks, they had, you know, delayed reactions. So it's called a delayed IgG reaction. Mm-hmm. And they talked about these reactions but only in regards to, you know, bacteria or viruses. So they were saying, oh, you can have these things. They take about, you know, 21 days or, you know, mm-hmm. seven days to peak and 21 days to go away-ish. And and it's to, you know, bacteria or viruses. And then you say, okay, well, my body's producing the same reaction to foods. And they're like, oh, well, that's protective. Hmm. I'm like, what? Jeez. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. hopefully that'll... That'll all spread. I mean, thank God for the internet. Yeah. Yeah. And you've talked a lot about the IgG tests, actually. And and I do think it's a it's a great thing for people to be doing. Um, a number of people, like on our forums, have have tried those out. And and one of the things, actually, you you mentioned on your blog is that there seems to be some things that kind of show up for everybody. And one of the big ones that we found was eggs. It's it, there was hardly anybody who didn't have eggs on theirs. I mean, the red for eggs. Yeah. Yeah, I can't do egg whites. Dad mm. can't do egg yolks or egg whites. Yeah. yeah, and and eggs are one of the uh, even people who are on the carnivore diet. A lot of the people still include dairy and eggs. Um, mm-hmm. Eggs, yeah, eggs don't work for a lot of people. Yeah, and yeah, that's what, that that's a strange one. But I don't know what can you say. But yeah, like di- like milk, milk shows up on most people's um, eggs and mm-hmm. a lot of the grains especially wheat. Yeah. Yeah. And then that kind of says like, you can take that as, Oh, well, if everyone is like that, then maybe it doesn't matter. That's one of of the arguments or, or maybe just no people should be eating it. Yeah. Maybe that's not a people food. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, I was speculating about the eggs actually, because I know eggs are um, one of the mediums that they use to uh, grow uh, things in for vaccines. And then to have that kind of go along with the virus or bacteria into the bloodstream, like directly in there, like maybe everybody's kind of getting this kind of immune reaction, like when they're an infant. Um, and then that's kind of why you continue to react to that over time. I don't know if that's true, but it was just something that I was kind of speculating about because there is that's, a history. That's interesting. Yeah. And it's kind, yeah, of, it's no, kind of just that, something. That's, like, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I say, I don't know if it's true, but it kind of, it kind of makes sense. Like it's an introduction directly into the blood. Like it's not going through the the um, the digestive system, and so you're having these foreign proteins introduced at a very young age. So yeah, it wouldn't, it actually wouldn't surprise me. It'd be interesting to see if the few people who don't seem to react to eggs, if they were vaccinated in in infancy, because it yeah. might uh, might be related. I know it's too bad you can't just do all these. Yeah. studies because no that that's actually a really interesting yeah it's an interesting proposition yeah. so one other thing actually on your blog that you were talking about you had a post where you were talking about the things when you do introduce something and you have a reaction there are certain things that you do to kind of mitigate it to try and kind of uh, deal with it um maybe you can talk about some of those like one one in particular that we've uh, done some experimenting with is infrared saunas Yes. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> first, when I realize I'm having a reaction, I generally cry. That's the first. <laughs> the yeah. first I'm like, oh no, not this again for this long. So that. But <laughs> other than that, um, yeah. First step is I get in the sauna. So if I'm really not feeling good, and the main symptom that just is just horrible is this feeling of impending doom. 
And it's just like a cloud that envelops you. And my dad gets it. My husband gets it. And I've read online about people who get it. Although that's, it's harder to find, but it's just this horrible doom. And for some reason, getting in the sauna, um, my parents have a sauna that my mom put into the basement. Um, (laughs) So getting, getting into that sauna for, you know, half an hour until you're, you kind of really want to get out or maybe a little bit after you really want to get out. That seems to, unless you're in really bad condition, that seems to get rid of the doom. And so if I'm really not feeling well, I need to do that about every, about twice a day when I'm really not good because it seems to build up again. So I'm assuming that's, I don't know, something in me that wants to get out and the sauna helps it get out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, infrared saunaing, if you're reintroducing a food and it doesn't go well and you feel like death, I, I figure that increases my mood by about 20%. And dad feels the same way. So those are great. Um, the other, the other thing I do because these reactions last for so long, at least for me, when I'm not feeling well is I'll like circle a date on my calendar. So it'll be about 20, 24 days later. And I'll say, you know, I'll, I'm going to feel better here. Just wait till then to start, start freaking out because I'll be at like, you know, it'll be two weeks after eating not very much of a food and I'll be like, why? So why am I still arthritic or why are, you know, sometimes symptoms crop up after two weeks. Like my arthritis seems to get worse towards the end of a reaction. So then I get all paranoid about having accidentally eaten something towards the end of the reaction. So I, you know, can look at my calendar and be like, nope, just stop worrying until that day. So I don't know if that's helpful for people, but otherwise I just read way too far into everything. Um, other than that, I've tried, you know, if I realize I've accidentally gotten poisoned with something, um, mm-hmm. I'll take, I'll take activated charcoal. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems to help my skin. So when I get these reactions, it hits my skin again and my skin seems to enjoy that. So I'm hoping it doesn't seem to help very much with the mood, but I must, it's definitely not hurting. So I'll, I'll mm-hmm. take activated charcoal as soon as I can. Um, and then I'll do that, you know, every night for, for, you know, four or five days just mm-hmm. to help flush things out. Um, let's see the infrared sauning definitely makes the most difference. Mm. Uh, and I can, t- the other interesting thing, and dad and I both noticed, noticed this is when we're not feeling well, like mood is down or reacting to something, um, you sweat a lot faster. So it'll be like, if I'm not feeling good, um, I'll, it'll be in there for like six or seven minutes and start sweating. And then when I'm feeling good, it'll take like 18 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I guess that kind of makes sense because with some of these reactions I get, um, I sweat at night or I'm mm-hmm. just hot all the time. So I think it's my body trying to get rid of things. Mm. Um, so is there anything else? Infrared sauning. I might've mentioned other things on the blog. You mentioned five uh, HTP for mood. Oh yeah. Okay. So five HTP. If you're like horribly depressed, five HTP probably isn't going to do a lot. But now, now that I have these reactions, and it'll be like, you know, I get miserably depressed, but it's only from one thing I've eaten. Five HTP makes quite a bit of difference, and I, I generally take a pretty high dose, split up throughout the day with food. Hmm. Um. And that does help me. It helps dad. Um, my husband takes it. Um, I've, I've heard some people who maybe the reason they get depressed isn't a serotonin problem. So 5-HTP doesn't help mm-hmm. um, or, or it makes them angry or something. So people are going to have to figure that out by themselves. But I would just say, you know, figure out how much you need and make sure you take it with food because if you, if you take enough without food, it can cause some really nasty nausea. Mm. But so, yeah, I'll generally do, honestly, if I have, this doesn't happen anymore because I'm just eating meat and I don't eat out. So I'm just never going to be poisoned. I right. knock, knock on wood. But, um, <laughs> for like my husband, he eats out for, for business meetings, um, and everything. And well, when I used to do that, if I had a really horrible depressive episode that I knew was going to last for a couple of weeks and I was below what I call a five. So we, we rate our mood so that you can monitor it. Mm-hmm. Um, if I 
got below a five for long enough, I'd go back on my antidepressants mm. um, because it was, I, I knew I would be able to stop and it was just too horrible right. uh, to, to deal with. I, I generally like, I haven't done that for quite a while, but I mean, if there are people in, in really rough mental shape, there's no reason to not be taking the medication until yeah. you're out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm luckily I can avoid it now because I don't enjoy taking antidepressants. But I mean, yeah. If the alternative is you're in hell, then there is no alternative. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, you know th- there is a stigma against antidepressants, and you know in in some cases I think it's it it maybe it, it, they probably are overprescribed. But I I think like in a situation like yours, it definitely makes sense. Um, just to, to get you out of that, that mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on, I mean, it depends how, how desperate you are. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It'd be better if, if doctors just looked at diet, but (laughs) first, uh, but that's not going to happen for a while. Yeah. Especially if this food sensitivity testing doesn't, doesn't catch on for a while. Although maybe, maybe that's, I'm sure eventually it'll happen. Yeah. Well, I certainly hope so. Yeah. Yeah, me too. So, well, um, did you have any other questions, Gabby? Actually, we covered everything I wanted to ask. Yeah, <laughs> me too. And we're coming up, uh, we're over an hour right now. So I think, uh, Maybe this uh, this is a good time. Oh, actually, before before we leave, this isn't really related to diet, but I did just kind of want to ask you, like, how how do you feel about kind of your dad's huge kind of rise recently? Like, how is that affecting you? Is it still kind of like he's the same old dad at home and everything's normal, or is it just is everything crazy? Everything is crazy. Yeah. Um, since for like about fifteen months, you know, he he got you know a weirdly what we thought was like 15 minutes of fame. Mm. Uh, and then it just expanded. Yeah. And now it's just expanding like crazy. And no, we're all, we all don't know uh, how to deal with it. I've been trying to, well, it, it's crazy. Like he's, he's gone from just like, I guess a normal person to, I've had to be like, dad, you can't give your email out to people anymore. Uh, right or like you can't you can't have a cell phone number listed online right and and it's things and he's just like oh well then how are people going to get a hold of me and it's like <laughs> oh okay you're in a different category now and it's really hard it's hard to fathom and i didn't really i guess i didn't really understand until i started trying to help him out and looking at media requests Mm-hmm. And and it's just it's constant. His days have been, especially since the book release. Yeah. Like th- there was one day he flew to New York and he had events from three a.m. to one a.m. Wow. So oh had, my god. I, well, we canceled a bunch of those because I was like, "You're gonna, <laughs> you can't t- handle this. You still have to live." Um, it's been, yeah. Like when are you gonna sleep and eat? And he can't, you know, just. It's annoying because he can't just eat on the run, right? This all right. has to be – like my mom is always with him to make sure he doesn't, well, I guess mess up. Otherwise, like he's out for a month. Yeah. So it's complicated. I mean, it's fun, and he's having a good time, but like we don't see him as much. And when he's around, he's – well, there's a lot on his mind. Yeah. Uh, I think we're getting it. I'm hoping that it's getting a little more organized now and it's not going to, he's not going to be so swamped, but uh, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to believe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially being in the, in the situation that he's in with the, uh, with the food sensitivities, I guess he's really lucky to have uh, your mom with him to kind of like watch his back in that, in that sense. So he doesn't get poisoned. Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. Like people who are uh, have food sensitivities this badly, like it's a group effort. Yeah. Um like if he, you know, eats one thing wrong every 20 days, <laughs> then he's yeah. he's screwed. So, yeah, mom, he's incredibly lucky and she's very good at looking at ingredients and everything and making sure he's okay and saying, 
you know, if he, if he does eat out, they talk to the chef and then she'll, you know, be like, okay, well, what's that? We didn't order that. Or you right. know, they put seasoning on your steak. It's ridiculous. It made him really uncomfortable. It made me uncomfortable too in the beginning eating out because I used to be the type of person who'd be like, oh, you gave me the wrong dish, but I'll just eat it anyway. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, and now it's like, oh, you put the wrong type of dressing on my salad. I have to send it back. Yeah. Like, oh, it's it's still ingrained in me that that's rude and it's yeah. ingrained in him that that's rude. And so luckily my mom is around to have his back. <laughs> yeah. I think it's partly cause, uh, cause we're polite Canadians because yeah. I've gone through that as well. It's kind of like, Oh man, you know, you sent me the wrong thing. Normally yeah. I would just eat it and like suck it up. But like, yeah, I, I, I have to send this back. Oh, maybe it is a Canadian thing. My husband, <laughs> he, he was, he's born in, in Russia he doesn't uh, have he doesn't have any qualms. Like uh, he'll he'll say you know, well it, it's your job as the waiter to get my order right, and yeah. you didn't get my order right, and I'm paying you, so why shouldn't I say something? Yeah. I'm like okay, well that's fair enough. But yeah. So luckily he kind of covers for me when I'm out. Right. So I'll be like I don't want to do this. You order for me. Um and and mom will kind of cover for dad. Right. Maybe, maybe we're just wimpy. I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Well, it's very good to hear that you both have a network of support. Yeah. yeah. We can learn yeah. that from the Russians. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, the, the stuff that your your dad is, like, talking about and stuff, is that something that you're kind of on board with, or is it something that's just, like, he's still dad and, like, you know, that's his thing and, you know, you don't really pay much attention to it or just out of curiosity? Oh. Let me think. I follow, there's a lot that comes up. So I yeah. follow some of it. I usually avoid the more negative articles because they make me angry. Yeah. Um, there was a lot published at the beginning about things he said that he hadn't actually said, which was right. concerning because I used to read newspapers all the time and, or, or online news and just believe what newspapers said about people. And then mm -hmm. hear, hearing stuff like that, it's like, Oh, I can't trust news networks anymore. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so I guess I, I think my brother might watch more of like the podcast and everything than I do. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's strange when I watch it. Yeah. It's just, it's been a whirlwind. It's yeah. a crazy experience. Yeah. Great. Okay, well, I guess that is our show for today. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, don't forget to tune into the SOT Radio Network show on Sunday. Um, that's at 12 Eastern time. Um, and also, yes, I almost forgot. Uh, if you want to um, keep up with Michaela online, her blog is at uh, MichaelaPeterson.com. And she also has a Patreon going, um, so you can support uh, her blog and what she's doing. Um, and that's just patreon.com slash Michaela Peterson. So thanks very much for joining us today, Michaela. Your story is pretty incredible and I think very inspirational. It's amazing. Thank you, Michaela. Oh, thanks for having me. It was fun. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye.